Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. You know, we have a song in our songbook that uh, talks about the jewels uh, that will be precious jewels uh, in, in heaven. And uh, verse 17 of, of uh, Malachi chapter 3 talks about those jewels. I love it when I'm, when I'm reading through my Bible and I find phrases that obviously uh, gave uh, some impetus for a, a songwriter to write a song. You can, you can tell where a lot of our songs come from as you read through your Bible. You'll find them in the Psalms, you'll find them in Malachi, you'll find them in Isaiah. You find them all over the place. But that's a, that's a real blessing and an excitement to me every time I find that. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. Malachi chapter 3, just two verses, verses 16 and 17. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be here with God's people this morning. And Lord, uh, it's, a, it's a privilege, God, to be able to preach the word of God. It's a privilege for all of us to be able just to hear what thus saith the Lord. And God, I pray that you'd give us ears to hear this morning, that you'd make us attentive, that you would uh, cast out any distractions that would dissuade us from, from focusing on the word of God and the message that you have for us this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful that you are my God. I am so thankful that you love me. I'm so thankful, most of all, you saved me. And uh, Lord, uh, you've not only saved me back many years ago, but you've kept me all these years. And Lord, uh, I'm not the only one in this place that's got that testimony. Every person who's trusted Christ as Savior has got that same testimony before you. And Lord, we pray that as we take a look at the, the name of God a little bit the, this morning, that you would uh, help us to really, really appreciate and understand a little bit better and maybe trust a little bit more the God whom we serve. We're thankful that, that even though we have often been unfaithful to you, God, you have always been faithful to your own word. and You've always been faithful to us. Thank you for that. Bless this time together. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. It, it says in verse, uh, verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Now the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of uh, understanding. It's the, it's the beginning of knowledge. But along with that, he couples something that's kind of unusual. Uh, he doesn't couple fear of the Lord and love the Lord. He couples fear of the Lord and thought upon his name. There's something special about thinking on the name of God. And uh, I want you to take your Bibles with that in mind and go to Psalm 83. Psalm 83. 
Psalm 83 and verse 18. Psalm 83, verse 18. It says that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. Now that name Jehovah was the Old Testament name that, uh, of God. And the name Jehovah points to the fact that he's eternal, that he's the great I am, that uh, he is unchangeable. Uh, he, there is no shadow of turning in God. And uh, over the years, I, I heard this a little bit in Bible college, but I've, I've heard messages by other people, other preachers, and I've read books on it, uh, on the Old Testament names of God. And uh, the, the Old Testament names, many of them, in the Hebrew are Jehovah and then something added to the end of it. And uh, so I, I've looked at these lists and notice that you have to know Hebrew to get most of them. Uh, you got to go to the Hebrew language. Well, in our King James Bible, there's only three of those names that are mentioned. And when I, when I saw that, when I noticed that, I thought, you know, maybe God's doing that because he especially wants us to pay attention to those three names. You know, have you thought about this? How much, how much have you thought about the name of God this week. How much of you time have you spent meditating on who God is? Not just not just praying to Him, not just asking Him for things, not even just thinking about how He works. Who He is, who He is, and that's what thinking on the name of the Lord is all about. It's thinking about who our God is. And, and I found, again, uh, there's three times that God takes the, the name Jehovah and attaches something to the end of that name. And each of those names points to a different aspect of, of who God is. So let's look at those three names this morning. Go to Genesis 22. This is the first one. Genesis 22. And if you're familiar with Genesis, you know that Genesis 22 is the chapter where Abraham is told to sacrifice his son. And uh, if you would, read with me. Uh, you read along silently as I read aloud, verses 1 through, down through 14. It says, It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering uh, upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now you realize what he just said. He said, I want you to sacrifice your son. I want you to burn his body. I want you to give him as an offering. Verse 3, and Abraham rose up early. He didn't drag his feet. Early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now he didn't say, I'll come unto you. He says, the lad and I will come again to you. He knew what he was going to do. He wasn't trying to wiggle out of this thing. He knew what he was going to do, but he also knew the promise of God. And the promise of God was Isaac. 
God told Abraham that through Isaac, the entire world would be blessed. So down in verse 6, it says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the, the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac uh, spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, here, I, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Uh, he meant business. He wasn't messing around. He, you know, God told him to do something. He was going to do it. And he said, God will provide himself uh, uh, an offering. And so you look down in verse, uh, verse 11, it says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the, the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Now that name Jehovah Jireh means that God, it's, it means God who provides, God the provider. And uh, the, the, of course the context of this thing is Abraham being willing to give up his only son. And notice that it said that the, the reason why he was willing to do that was, was because he feared the Lord. And, and, and because he feared the Lord, and because he also, I believe he also trusted God, and he also believed him, but it starts with fear. And I've made a big deal out of this in times past, but I really believe with all my heart, the foundation stone for a right attitude toward God starts with fear. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning, and it's the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. Um, without that fear, you can't grow like you're supposed to grow. And because he feared the Lord and because he trusted the Lord, and I believe it was in, in that order, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, God stopped him uh, from sacrificing his son and provided a ram in the thicket. Now, how was it that, that Abraham trusted in the Lord who provides? Well, God told him to sacrifice one of his most loved possessions, his son his only son, Isaac. Now he had a son before uh, from, from his wife's handmaid, but uh, uh, this was the son of the promise. And so it was, some, it was something that was extremely dear to his heart. And God did this on purpose. He tested him. He, he, was, he wanted to see, Abraham, are you willing to give up what you love the most on this earth because you love me more? And that's exactly what Abraham 
was willing to do. Uh, he believed that God was going to provide a, a way for Isaac to go back down uh, the, the mountain with him. Uh, he, he, he just figured this, and we, find, we don't find this in this account, but we find it in the book of Hebrews, uh, in, uh, in the Faith Hall of Fame, chapter 11, we find that uh, he believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead. Uh, because he said, look, I can't, I can't figure it out any other way. Uh, he told me, he gave me a son. He, he told me that was the son of the promise. Then he t tells me to sacrifice it. He's, he's got to raise him up at, when it's all over. And so uh, he, he, really, he really trusted the Lord and he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord more than he loved his son. Now, I, I'm sure he loved his son greatly, but he loved God more. And uh, God provided a, a, lamb, a ram in the, in the thicket. And when he provided it, you know, it, you see this in this story. I've seen it in my life. I think you've seen it in your life, too. He did not provide it a moment too soon. And he did not provide it a moment too late. He, he provided that ram just exactly when the ram was needed and necessary. And, and uh, uh, God does that for us over and over and over again. Um, you know, we say that God does provide, and he does. He does. But we have to fear him and we have to trust him and believe that he is going to take care of us. And that's exactly what God did right in the nick of time, right at the exact moment that it was necessary. He did that and he did that for, for Abraham. He provided a ram in the thicket and uh, before God provided the sacrifice, Abraham had to be willing to give up the ownership of his own son. He had to come to that, that point where he said, where he realized in his own heart, this is my son, but he doesn't first belong to me. He first belongs to God. And that's, a, that's an attitude we really need to have all the way through life, uh, regardless of whether it's things, whether it's people, possessions, whatever it might be. All that we have, we have because of God. And the truth of the matter is we're just stewards. So because we're stewards, then he can take those things from us anytime that he would desire to do so. Um, and and you, look, you look through scripture and you, you find this uh, shown over and over and over again, how that God said, if we'll just simply trust him, if we'll seek him, if we'll trust him, if we'll believe him, that he will provide for us. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew 6, look with me down in verse 27. Matthew 6, 27. It says, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now there's, a, there's, the, there's the, uh, the, the hook, you might say. You have to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we seek the things of God and we have a desire to be smack dab in the middle of God's will. And that was Abraham's desire. You know that reading, reading through the scriptures. Abraham loved the Lord. He feared the Lord. He loved the Lord. And he wanted to serve him with all of his heart. And uh, if, if, if we will seek him, he will provide for us along the way. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4 is an illustration of this, of this principle. And in Philippians 4, in verse 14, Paul's talking to the, to the church in Philippi. And uh, they, they took care of him in times that he had needs. And uh, they supported him and they helped him. And they, they, they uh, uh, were sent gifts and sent uh, monetary help along the way. And verse 14 says, Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. In other words, they were the only supporting church that he had. And they were concerned about him. And they, they, they steadfastly took care of him. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But, he says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's saying, you know, I know you sacrificed and I know you, you, uh, you scrimped and you saved and you helped me when I had needs, but don't worry about it. Because you serve the God who provides, the God who takes care of you. And, and so many times I, I hear people quote verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, that's true, but it's true in context. You take care of other folks when they have needs, and God will make sure that your needs are provided for as well. Um, they, the, the issue that, that really came up, particularly for Abraham, the issue that came up when he was asked to sacrifice his son was, who do you love most? Do you love your son more or do you love me more? Have you ever thought about this? What, what is the, the one thing or the one person that you care for the most? Maybe it's more than one. Maybe it's a, maybe it's, it's, it's a bunch of people. But what if God was asked you, would ask you to either give up people or give up things for him? People or things that you have your heart's tentacles kind of <laughs> wrapped around. And we all do. We do. You know, we grow attached to things. Uh, I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked to that have uh, moved from one house to another. And they were in the house that they were moving out of for many, many years. And it's, it's hard for folks. Be, why? Because your heart's there. Part of your heart's kind of wrapped around in that, you know, in that, in that house. 
And, uh, and I realize that's not where the home is, that's just the house that houses the home. But there's just a lot of things, the quarries are getting ready to move. And it's gonna be a, a bittersweet day, I'm sure, because they've gone through a lot of things in that house. We, we, just, we do this, okay, that's who we are. We, you know, we wrap ourselves around and attach our feelings to things, and God, God wants to know, who do you love the most? Do you love me most, or do you love things most? Do you love me most, or do you love people most? What do you love the most? And uh, uh, the, the thing that's comforting about that is, is that no matter what the test is, and of course Abraham went through a test, uh, no matter what the test is, there's one thing you can always be confident of. God will provide. He will take care of you. I remember one of, one of my favorite cars that, that I had over the years was a, uh, was a, uh, a, um, a silhouette. I don't remember the year, but I remember it was red. And uh, it was my favorite. It was the newest car I'd ever bought. It was the lowest mileage car that I ever bought. And uh, boy, woe be unto anybody that put a little scratch or a dent on that car. But, uh, but that van was, was, uh, was a van that I really enjoyed. It had all the bells and whistles and everything. I was coming back from a, in fact, it was uh, from down in, uh, uh, yeah, down at uh, Brother Starr's church. He was having a shepherd's retreat, and I was by myself. I started, I started coming back up. I was on the, the, the highway in, um, in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and all of a sudden there was an a, embankment on the side. So I couldn't even see it coming. And this deer just jumped over the embankment, came right down in front of my car. And I'm telling you, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have a chance to, to swerve or do anything. I just hit him head on, uh, killed the deer, obviously. Uh, did not kill me, that was a good thing, obviously. And, uh, but, uh, but it totaled the car. It totaled the car. And, uh, and I mean, that was, that, that, like I said, I had my heart wrapped around that car. I'm convinced that God allows things like that to happen, at least he does to me, just to, to say, listen, what do you love the most? Maybe you're getting, you know, sometimes I think those kind of things happen, and that might have been the case with me. I was getting just a little bit too attached to that, that piece of metal. Uh, I, I, was, I was starting to rely maybe a little bit more on that than I was relying on God. And uh, God wants to know, uh, what are you willing to give up for me? Are you willing to give up the thing that is the most important? And trust, trust me, if you do, I will provide. That's God's promise. He is a provider. The second, the second name, I want you to look with me in Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. You know what? This is going off. Exodus chapter 17. And in Exodus 17, look with me in verse 8. It says, Then Amalek... Uh, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill 
with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it the name and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi means God, our banner. And uh, Joshua and his men went to war against the Amalekites. And, and uh, Moses stood on a hill and, and uh, Aaron and Hur stood on either side. And the Bible says as long as he had his hands uh, upheld, his arms up, Joshua won the battle, but when his arms came down, because he got tired and heavy, uh, the, uh, the, the battle was lost to the Amalekites. So Aaron got on one side and Hur got on the other, and they helped him stay up his, his arms, and it was during that time that, that he won the battle. Uh, God told Moses that he was going to, uh, he was going to fight the Amalekites, uh, from generation to generation. In other words, it was just going to be a continual battle. But the thing that, that he, he gave him was, the, was the, the hope of victory. And that victory comes th through God and God alone. It's, it's good that he had Aaron on one side. It's good he had her on the other side. But it's obvious who gave the victory. It was God who gave the victory. And that's why when he built that altar, he called it Jehovah Nisi, God, our banner. This is a banner of victory. And the, the, the truth of the matter is, if you look at your own life, we're in a constant battle. And Galatians chapter 5 says the flesh warth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The Bible tells us that uh, the, the world and the flesh and the devil are constantly uh, at, at us and constant, we're constantly at war. It's a perpetual war. And, and like, like Joshua, the victory is God's. I mean, if you're going to get victory over the world, if you're going to get victory over the flesh, if you're going to get victory over the pressures of the devil, uh, you're only going to get it because God gives it to you. And all God's people said, it's only God. You're you not going to do it on your own. But, but God will give you helpers along the way. He'll give you, a, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a, a, an Aaron on one side, and he'll give you an Ur on the, a Hur on the other side. It's, uh, it's important, I think, when we're going through battles. And, you know, I, I, I suppose Moses could have gotten proud, and he could have said, nope, nope, fellas, I don't need your help. I'll just do it myself. Well, if he had done that, Joshua probably wouldn't have won the battle. But thankfully, he allowed both those guys to get in and, and give a helping hand. When we're going through difficulties, when you're going through problems and, and troubles and heartaches and sorrows, and, and maybe, maybe it's just, a, it's a, maybe it's just a, a battle that you have with a habit, or it's a battle that you have uh, with, uh, with attitudes and so forth. Uh, 
go, go, to, go, go to at least two people that you know and that you trust and say, listen, would you do me a favor? Would you please pray for me? I believe that's what, what uh, th that was a picture of, of Aaron and her. They were holding up his hands. And that's a picture of us holding up each other's hands in prayer when, when we're in battles. The truth is, we're all in battles. We've all got Now, the battles are different. They're different. But let me tell you something. You're better off not trying to go into that battle alone. Now, you say, well, you never go alone because God's going to give the victory. I understand that. And it was, again, it was so obvious. God was the one who gave the victory to Joshua. But Moses had to have some help, and he had to have help from a couple of fellows that were, were a real blessing to him. And because of that, Joshua won the battle. Uh, if, you have a, if you have a battle to fight, maybe it's, maybe it's yourself. You know, we, we talk about the, the world and the devil, but I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I give myself more problems than the world and the devil ever did. And uh, my, a lot of my battles are battles with me. Well, if, I am, if I'm struggling, if I'm having problems, we need to ask each other to pray for each other. Now listen, uh, I can't think of a better group of folks, and I'm not saying you get up and make a general prayer request. I'm not talking about that. If it's something personal, if it's something that, that uh, might make you a little embarrassed, go to somebody you trust. Go to somebody that, that you know loves you and you love them and just say, well, listen, would you do me a favor? Would you pray for me? Now, understand this, that when the, and this is one of the things I have to, I have to watch this in my own life all the time. We see an answer to prayer and we say, praise God for those who prayed for that. Now, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? I'm sure that, that uh, Moses praised the Lord for Aaron and her. I'm sure he did, but he understood who won the battle. It's, it's not the prayers that win your battles and that give you strength and answer your prayers. It's God who does that. And God is the one that always needs to get the credit and always needs to get the glory. Why? Because he is our banner. Moses recognized that it was God who gave the victory. One more that I want you to look at. Go to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Judges 6. <clears throat> I want you to, to uh, look with me down in verses uh, 23 and 24. Judges 6, 23 and 24. It says, The Lord said unto him, and he's talking to Gideon. He's, uh, he's called Gideon to go and to be a judge for Israel, to rescue uh, Israel from their enemies, the Midianites. And, uh, and in verse, verse 23, it says, The Lord said unto him, Gideon, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it, Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day, it is, it is uh, yet in Ophrah of the uh, Abbaezrites. Um, the, the, the name Jehovah Shalom means the Lord send peace, or God is our peace. And the, the nation of Israel was do, doing evil in the sight of the Lord. They were sinning against God. 
And God gave them, because of that sin, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites, and he did so for seven years. During the harvest, the Midianites would come in, and they would steal their crops, and they would take the, the hard work of, of their labor and would take it for themselves. And that, that went on year after year after year for seven years. God called Gideon to, to deliver the Israelites from, from Midian. I, I always get a kick out of when I, when I read that, that uh, uh, account because he's hiding. He's scared. He's fearful. And he's hiding from the Midianites. And when God calls him, he says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. He sure didn't look like a mighty man of valor right then and there. But God saw his potential. God knew that if he trusted him, God knew that if he relied upon him, that, that, uh, that he, would, he would be able to uh, be a mighty soldier and be a mighty leader. And, and God saw that in him. He wasn't there yet, but he would be one day. And God called, called Gideon to deliver the Israelites from, from Midian and uh, from the Midianites. And, and Gideon built an altar. And when he built that altar, he called it Jehovah Shalom. Because I, I believe that just as God saw that Gideon could become a man of, of valor, Gideon saw that God intervening in that situation could bring peace. And again, the Israelites were, were in the mess that they were in because of great sin that was in their lives. And, and God desires, just like he desired it for the, for the nation of Israel, he desires it for you and me. He desires for us to have peace in our life. Um, if you get saved, you have the moment that you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you, you get peace with God. Before salvation, we were at enmity with God, the Bible so, tells us. But once you trust Christ as Savior, you and I get peace with God. But then there's another peace that comes in, and that's called the peace of God. Can I tell you when you don't have the peace of God, you don't have the peace of God when you're in sin. You don't have the peace of God when you're rebelling against God. You don't have the peace of God when you're doing something that you know that the, the Lord would be displeased with. Uh, God chastened Israel, and he chastened Israel simply for one, for one reason. They were in sin. They had turned their back on him, and so he was chastening them. Chastening happens to us as Christians. Uh, a lot of people don't, uh, really don't understand that principle. I remember talking to someone years ago. And he, he, asked, he asked me a question, claimed to be saved. And he asked me a question. He says, now, Pastor, he says, if, uh, if, if you claim to be saved and uh, you go on out and you do some despicable act and then you die while you're doing that act, do you really think God's going to take you to heaven? I said, yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't depend upon what I do or, not, or, or, or have done or do not do or have not done. It has everything to do with, with whether or not I've trusted Christ as Savior. And he did all the work, not me. But the thing that folks don't understand is they say, oh, okay, then you get saved and it's, it's you know, you just get off scot-free with anything that you do. No, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So, so there, there is chastening, and chastening comes upon us as Christians 
from God when we sin. And it, it comes in different forms. It, it could come in the form of you get into a bad habit, and then, then those bad, that, that bad habit has results, has repercussions. Uh, you, you, uh, you have broken relationships uh, because of anger and, and, and uh, jealousy and envy and so forth in your family. And, and the family is broken. Uh, marriage breakdowns can become a, a, a form of chastisement just because of our actions. Sickness, financial trouble, and just hardships in, in general. The Lord wants us to be at peace. Now, I understand you can have all kinds of war going on around you. You can have pressures. You can have, you can have difficulties. You can be right in the middle of a storm. But if I'm going to be in the middle of a storm, I want to be in the middle of the storm right with my God. I want to be in the middle of the storm knowing I'm smack dab in the center of God's will. That I'm doing what God wants me to do. That my heart's right toward him. And uh, I, so I'm, I'm not saying that the troubles won't come, but there's a difference between troubles, trials, and testings and chastening. Chastening is because just simply because we have strayed from God in an area or areas of our life. And that's not what God's desire is. You know, God's desire, again, for Israel was to bring them peace. And that's why he called upon, upon Gideon. And uh, God gave them victory over the Midianites just with a handful of people. What was, the, what was the, the, the purpose of that? God had a desire to have peace in Israel. God has a desire. And he wants you to have not just the peace with God, which you have when you trust Christ as Savior, but he also wants you to have the peace of God. And that comes by, by living for him on a daily basis. And the, the, the Lord is our peace. When, when, uh, when Israel repented and turned to God, the chastening ceased. And the peace of God came upon, upon Israel. These are three names that, that I find. They're the only three that have Jehovah and then uh, that have Jehovah in the name and then add a characteristic of God to the name. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. What do we need to do? We need to trust him. We need to believe him. We need to fear him. And then the second one is God is our banner. God is our banner. He gives us the victory. That's Jehovah Nisi. We, what do we need to do? We need to look to him for strength. We need to look to him for help. We need to realize that if there's going to be victory, it's only going to be through him. And then the, the last one is Jehovah Shalom. And that's God is our peace. God wants us to stay right with him. He wants us to have our hearts inclined toward him. And when we do, even though there may be storms going on around us, God gives us peace. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're so thankful this morning for the fact that you are our banner. You are our victory. You are our, prov our provider. Uh, you are our peace. And without you, Lord, there is no peace. There may be someone that's uh, watching the, the live stream this morning or possibly someone right here in the sanctuary that doesn't have that, that, that peace with God to begin with because they've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. God, my, my prayer and my desire is that, that they would come to a point where they'd realize they're a sinner and on their way to hell. And that the only way that they, can, they could possibly get their sins forgiven 
It's by trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, your death, your burial, your resurrection. And trust you and you alone to cleanse them from all sin and give them eternal life. I pray, Father, that, uh, that this would be the day of their salvation. That they would understand that uh, you're just not a pie-in-the-sky type of God, but you're a personal God. And you personally want to meet our needs. We're, we're so thankful that, that you do that. We're so thankful for who you are and who you are to us personally. Lord, I pray that you take this, this invitation this morning and bless it and, and work in hearts. Maybe there's someone here that doesn't have that peace because there's an issue. And it's an issue between you and them. Maybe nobody else knows. You know, the truth of the matter is, God, it's nobody else's business. It's just between you and them. And uh, Father, I pray that today would be the day that they, they would get that thing right so that the, 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 the chastening can cease and the peace can come. Uh, Lord, there might be someone here that needs to let go of something in their heart and life. Uh, it's so easy for us to, to get wrapped up and to get attached to people and to things. And Father, you always want us to have you as number one. And I pray that that would be the case. I pray, Father, that, that you'd help us to realize that if we're going to have any victory in our lives, we're only going to have it through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you bless this invitation. May you work in our hearts. And as you speak to us, may we respond. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.